Welcome back to What Did We Just Read, a podcast where my best friend Justin and I talk about books and push each other out of our genre comfort zone. We've reached the final episode of our first annual spooky season, and three out of four were just what those plague doctors and a bird mask ordered. This week, we read Ghosts and Liars by Catherine N. Kingsley. This was part two of the Impossible Julian Strand series. The good news is, this book was horrifying. The bad news is, it wasn't scary in a good way. Unfortunately, the villain romance we were expecting was uncomfortable, and the supposed happy ever after left a bad taste in our mouths. I have a big trigger warning to put at the top of this podcast. If domestic violence is triggering to you, this episode is going to discuss that in spades. I can't call our male lead in this book anything short of abusive. I'm talking textbook cycle of abuse. It was jarring, pretty explicit, and completely irredeemable. If you're listening to this in October 2021, we're taking a short break after this episode, but we'll be back in a couple weeks. If you're listening to this in the future, break? What break? What do you mean we took a break? The next episode's right there. Well, there's nothing left to do but jump into the episode. I hope y'all are ready for a really good rant cast. My girl likes to party, party all the time. time. Party, party, time. All party all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Justin. Hey, what's up, Maya? How's it going? Oh, honestly, okay. I think <laughs> the episode won't necessarily... Never mind. I won't even talk about it because the episode right. will come out before. I got some really good news today. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but I can't, I can't share my good news publicly until uh, a couple weeks from now. So, Fair enough. I'm just not. Uh, what's up with you, man? Uh, I should have waited. Wait, hold on. Let me do that over. Oh. What's up with you, man? I <laughs> <laughs> was killing a bug as I was talking, and I was like, that's going to, I don't want that. This <laughs> <I laughs> <hate laughs> fucking complete do over, which is funny because now that that's going to happen. It's funny because that's going to end up me being like, oh, let me fucking say why I did the repeat is going to end up in the podcast. <laughs> You already know that's what's going to happen. What's up with you, man? Uh, you know, nothing. Just chilling. <laughs> I feel like... Okay, look. I feel like my fan is going to be super loud in the background if you hear me talking. I don't know why. It just is. I mean, can you see it on your audacity? That it's yeah, I can. Oh. Well, sucks to suck. Yeah, it does. I'm fine, though. Other than that, I've been uh, great. Actually, that's not true. For like the past two days, I've got like five hours of sleep in total i have been sleeping awful this week has been ass for my sleeping pattern i don't know if it's like i feel like it's like the weather changes and my body just can't deal yeah my body just can't like <laughs> understand what's going on yeah I, i've also been sleeping bad have you been what have, what have you been trying to mitigate that absolutely nothing <laughs> i just kind of let it happen and then i passed out mm, fun <laughs> that's what you should do yeah oh definitely definitely that's what you should do if if anything just ignore it and eventually you'll fall asleep mm-hmm. ignore all your problems that's our motto on the show exactly <laughs> don't do that guys if you need help call someone Would really we rather you. you didn't yes indeed uh yeah i've also been sleeping kind of poorly um i woke up today and my back was killing me and yes. So I wake up most mornings. I think it's like a combination of not sleeping well because like my body's expending more energy. Mm-hmm. But I wake up like every morning starving. Okay. Yeah. And when I'm really, really hungry, I get nauseous. 
That makes sense, yeah. And so every and like it'll usually go away if I'm like up for like a little bit. But every morning brushing my teeth is <laughs> okay. a toss up because I just naturally am gonna gag when I brush my tongue. Correct. But when I'm also already nauseous. Oh, it's just double time. I just I absolutely just threw up in my mouth this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't brush your tongue at the beginning of the brushing. You do that at the end. Yeah. So I that's just, unfortunate. So I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I mean, I just swished some more water around in there. And I just said, I'm fucking starting my day. But I woke up nauseous. And then I brushed my teeth. And I threw up in my mouth a little bit. And then my back was hurting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is the worst. Did just This week... Just felt like the longest week I've had in a long time. I was gonna ask if anything happened at work, but your day is pretty consistent at work. Yeah, essentially. Um, even I didn't. I didn't even go to work Monday, and it still felt like I like worked a full entire Samesies. week. Sames. Uh, yeah. Did I finish? I think I finished reading the book on Monday. I don't remember when I finished reading the book, but I also took Monday off because I just woke up and I was just anxious and exhausted. I actually just, I had a meet, I had two meetings uh, from like eight to like nine 30, I think Maybe like eight, mm-hmm. eight, basically didn't last that long. Uh, and then I just slept until noon. I was basically in bed all day on Monday because I had the tummy rumblies. Had the, had the bubble guts. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't feeling too hot. Oh, this this week though, right? Yeah, we're actually drinking on the podcast. Oh yeah, we are. I made a drink because at work the cabinet, which is basically just like I work for a, a charter network, so it's basically like all of our like chief level people. And then I think school directors yeah. is like the cabinet. Uh, and I guess they had like some kind of retreat or something. And there was leftover Panera orange juice. So I was like, you know, it goes well with Panera orange juice. Liquor. That's right. So made a little drink. Honestly, I should stir it. I don't have it. No, it's fine. It's prettier that way. Yeah, but then all the fucking <laughs> grenadines at the bottom. You're not trying to do a shot of grenadine? <laughs> I'm really not trying to do a shot of grenadine, actually. That's not where I want my life to be. I think you should try it. I just rolled it a little bit, so now it's like nice. There's still like a little bit at the bottom. Do you want to hop into our book this week? Yeah, I think we should just go ahead, hop into it, and knock this out. Do you remember two weeks ago when I said Mm -hmm. that we were, as we were planning our inaugural spooky season series? Yes. Because we love Halloween. Correct. That I was like, so I had two books picked out. And then I realized that the first book that I picked was actually uh, part one of a duet. So there was going to be, there was a second book. There's two of them. And we liked the first book a whole lot. The first book was very good. So I was like, you know, our options are read the second book as my second half of the month or go to my other book. And I was like, I feel like we should, you and me were like, we should stick with the second book. Because of course. it's a sure thing. Yeah. We have sure. no idea what that other book is like. Hey, it could still be garbage. This book was not good. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. <laughs> not. 
So all of the same things apply in the first book. So this is, we read um, Ghosts and Liars, which is part two of the Impossible Julian Strand series. Part one was Illusions of Grandeur. And we had some trigger warnings in that one mm-hmm. because the main characters, Charles, who we learn towards the end of the book is Julian Strand. Yes. Was really pushy in a way that like, if he was not tall and hot, would not work. It would not be okay. And it did kind of, it did kind of work in the yeah. book. Especially because Catherine Ann Kingsley, the writer, said, This is a this isn't like normally a book will have a hero and a heroine. And this she said, this is more of a villain romance. And I was like, I'm cool with that. That is a genre of book. Yeah. And I think that it worked. In the first book. In the first book. <laughs> I think that where this book goes wrong is I think that a well-done villain romance, I don't need Julian Strand to be perfect. I don't need him to like have like a huge, he, he, he can never, he'll never be perfect. He will always be a little bit of a villain. He's done awful, awful things. Yeah, he will never have that redemption arc. But when you tell me villain romance, I think bad person I can love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad person that I can say, you know what? I love to, I, I, I love, I love to hate him. Yeah, love to hate him. I just disliked Julian in this book because he, he, even a villain romance, I think in my opinion, needs to be redeemable mm-hmm. in some facets because yes. it's not a romance if there's not a happily ever after. You could have a love story. Yes. Nicholas Sparks writes love stories where they might end a little bit sad. Mm-hmm. But a ha- like a romance novel, you have to, like one of the things that like a thriller, like you have to have like, you know, like a mystery novel, like a, what's her name? Um, who's the lady who does like, who does like the mystery books? She's like really old or she's, she's like long dead. Uh, Agatha Christie. Yeah. <laughs> Agatha Christie writes mystery novels and you know, you go into it and you know that there's going to be a solution to that mystery. Yes. Like you, you don't read a mystery novel and it just be like, well, and that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> then there's just, that, that's not a mystery novel. That's <laughs> not done. a, that's, that, that does not fit into the canon. A romance novel needs to have a happily ever after or like a happy for now kind of scenario. Correct. And you can't, get that if you can't feel like one of the characters is is getting a happily ever after and i don't think that alice gets that she definitely does not like she thinks that she got a happily ever after i'm sure Catherine and kingsley is like this is a happily ever after i feel like she's just in purgatory for the rest of her life yeah if this is your first episode that you're listening to yeah. Go back and listen to two episodes ago. <laughs> we are continuing a story. Yeah. This is part two, so that means I'll do a, a brief synopsis. Basically, where we are is that Alice uh, needed a job. She got a job at an eccentric millionaire magician's home that has been turned into a museum, and he just disappeared a hundred years ago. Correct. He actually took out a, a wrote his own obituary in the newspaper and was like, "I'm dead now." <laughs> <laughs> she moves in. She meets his great, 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 great nephew, Charles, who is the current owner of the home. She and Charles develop a romance. And in the midst of that, Julian is freaking her out and also coming in with his own like 
like, you know, his own point of view of like, he wants her foreverzies. Yeah, foreverzies. And then we find out towards the end of the towards the end of the first book that Julian and Charles are the same person. Charles is a ghost and Julian is able to like materialize his body. And she's at the point where she is trying to figure out one, the mystery of where Julian went because she does not know this information. So she's trying to figure out where he went, essentially. And he's like, yes, figure out my riddles and rhymes of my crazy, like, doesn't make sense home with, you know, <laughs> secret passages and stairs that don't lead where you think that they should lead and all that good stuff. So we come back in and Julian is making something out of class. Like, we are, like, at this point, we are fully into Julian is Charles. Alice does not know this yet, but we know this. Yes. He's basically describing that he has, since he died, been shutting down the museum every few years so that he can purge the staff, get new staff, and then become a different person, essentially. He's very worried about revealing himself to Alice too soon because he is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and he does not want Alice to just flee forever. Which, I mean, if your boyfriend was just like, boom, I'm a ghost. <laughs> would be Correct. like all right bye you gotta ease someone into that and he's like look yeah i hope that she will forgive me for my lies and she will decide on her own that we should be together forever uh he's definitely in the first book he, it, it takes him a while to, to mention it but in the first book he does aggressively hint at the fact that he is going to kill alice so that they can be together eternally aggressively <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and we finally see that he has crafted a a monogram out of glass for alice strand which Look, you don't have to change your name for a man. A little old-fashioned. All right? Maybe she doesn't want to... Maybe she still wants to be Alice, whatever the fuck her last name is. <laughs> maybe maybe she doesn't want to... Also, we find out that Charles's last name, Massange, is French... Mensonge? Mensonge? Whatever. Is French for liar. I looked it up. Oh, He doesn't wow. say it. I, I had to Google it because he was like, thankfully she didn't know what it was in French. And I was like, well, thanks for not telling me what it is in French. I have to go fucking <laughs> Google it. Now I got to go do research. And then we switch to Alice and she is just, she's honestly having a great time with, with Charles. They've been together for like five months. Yeah, it's five months. not very long at all. It's not at all. Girl, you're 26. Like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> like, calm down. She's been making a 3D, she's been making a map of this house. This house has never been. Mapped. There's no plans. Yes, there's no plans <laughs> of the house. And Julian explains that basically he would just have the workers come in and he'd be like, this is where you're working today. Yeah. And. She feels that she's, so she's been doing that. She's making a map and using like coding software. And she's also making a 3D printed model of the home for Charles as a gift. Yes. And in the middle of the house, she can tell that there is a void. She doesn't understand how to get into it, but she can tell that there's like a 30 foot circle in the middle of the house that is inaccessible from anywhere. So actually massive. Yes. Yeah. 30 feet in diameter is a lot. Yeah, it's big as shit. <laughs> Damn, that's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> that's massive. She also doesn't want to make Julian angry by break. He's got like a, there's like a, there's like a tower in the house in his fourth floor apartment that like Charles mm -hmm. doesn't have the key to. No, Charles is like, no one's ever been up there. And she doesn't want to make Julian angry by like breaking into it. And also Julian, the ghost has been like hitting on her, making her very uncomfortable. Yes. She's freaked out, but also turned on by the ghost. Very strange. Yes. And there's like a broken piano that's like partially in the wall in the basement. And she's like, I think that this is going to be the key, but I don't understand like how yet. It's just yeah. like built into the wall. I can't like pull it out, push it in. I can't like open it. It's just a broken piano. So Julian had given her uh, some sheet music and she's like, hold on. That's 
probably it. That might be yeah. the fucking clue. And so she goes down there and it seems like a dead end at first. But then she realizes because she's got her computer. So she puts like the sheet music on her computer and she's doing something. And she realizes that the, sh- that the sheet music is actually watermarked. That like if you have like a back, if it's backlit, you can see stuff on it. I don't know. Information. <laughs> the invisible ink. The invisible ink. And so Julian is like thinking to himself, yes, she's like super close to cracking the code. What, what was the code? She's been looking through his journal. She's mm-hmm. had his journal. His journal is written in like a cipher and she's trying to break the cipher. Yes. She can figure out like she's kind of partially figured it out, but she needs like the key to get in there and figure out what actually all like the different words and things that she's been mapping out. Mean. Yeah. I think when she looks at the, the notes, the notes correspond to letters. Yes. The notes correspond to letters. So she starts figuring out like the notes and things. And so she stays all night, wor- stays up all night working on the cipher. And she codes like a little program to keep track of her answers to the code. Yeah. And then. Super impressive, by the way. Yeah, very impressive. She's like very technologically advanced. And then she hits enter on her code when she thinks she's gotten all the things that she needs. Mm-hmm. And she basically goes to bed and she's like letting the program run and do its magic with the journal. Yes. We get the beginning of Julian's journal, which is basically like. People think that he sold his soul for his ability to do magic. And he says he sold his life yes. to do magic. And he wrote his journal in his final days. So Julian is watching Alice solve the puzzle. It's Well, it's Charles. He's in bed. He's pretending to be asleep because he's like <laughs> awake at like 4 a.m. And when she solves it, he he's like watching her pretending to be asleep. And when she solves it, comes to bed and he like grumbles like Charles would and like pulls like, mm. And he waits until she falls asleep. And then he gets out of, I said he fucks up to go do something else, but he actually just gets up and he goes over to her program <laughs> and he watches it work. And then when it finishes, he types a note for her at the end. Yeah. And then he hits print. And so Alice wakes up a couple hours later and the printer is running and it's an instruction manual basically for how he built the house. Yeah. Along with like magic spells. Yeah. Yeah. Like but a she's bunch more of interested like... in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says he built the house to contain souls, I guess, to make it. It's so confusing, so that, I don't know. I guess the souls, souls are like, yeah, hard for them to wander out, I guess. Which I will come back to because feels unnecessary, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of what he does is unnecessary, to be honest. She reads the whole journal, the whole Dakota journal, and like it doesn't mention the void at all. And then she finds Julian's note at the end, and she realizes that like Julian had written her a note. And she's like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so she goes back for a reread and she starts taking notes because she realizes that the journal is only like part one of the clues she needs to figure out where Julian's body is, essentially. That's what like this whole thing is. She's just trying to figure out where Julian Strand's body is. Yes. Because the legend said that he entombed himself in the in the house. Yes. So she so Julian or so Charles, sorry confusing <laughs> charles says he has to go to town for a few hours if you listen to the first episode you'll know that charles says that uh he has agoraphobia so his he basically only goes to the julian strand house and his home she's never been to his home yes she's like probably is a little bit of a hoarder it's fine he spends most of his time at in the carriage house of the julian strand house with her yeah so she realizes that he has woven in clues of books Mm -hmm. and she knows that the books are books that are on his bookshelf in his personal apartment on the fourth floor so despite the fact that charles is gone she just cannot wait for charles to get back she's too impatient she goes up the fourth floor she tells julian hey 
not an invitation to fuck with me. Yeah. I'm just here to read. Okay? Every time she goes upstairs, she's like, hey, this isn't an invitation. I'm just here to do, like, do some work. Yes. And she notices that it's, it's starting to, that someone has cleaned it. Before, it was previously very dusty. And it's obviously someone has gone up there and, and started, like, dusting it and cleaning the sheets and things like that. Yeah, like the, like the baseboards are, like, polished and, like, <laughs> it's just like a, everything's clean. Uh, and she thinks it was Charles, perhaps. So Julian startles her, and uh, in the course of their conversation, he, he and Charles just love to just fucking pop up places and just scare the shit out of her. Yeah. Uh, in the course of the conversation, he mentions that he has killed a few folks, and he feels her up a little bit, and she tells him to back the fuck up. Correct. She's in a relationship. And she tries to borrow the books that have clues, but he's like, he like knocks them out of her hand, which is actually very funny. <laughs> he's like, put that down. And she was like, okay, I got it. I can only have one book at a time. I've already got your journal. Cool. And he, as she's leaving, he tells her to hurry up because he is not a patient man. So Julian's pretty nervous. He has uh, something special planned for his Friday show. Charles, Charles quote unquote, uh, yeah. puts on magic shows as Julian Strand. And that's one of the main like ways that the museum makes money. And Alice uh, goes to every one of Charles's shows because she loves him. And she also like likes that like when Charles puts on the costume, he feels like he gets a little bit like naughtier, a little bit yeah, sexier. he gets like more aggressive. Yes, uh, and she kind of likes that. And so uh, Charles finishes his set, and then he says he has like you know standing ovation, and then he says he has one more trick, and he calls her up on stage, and he tells her to close her eyes and think of the happiest moment of her life. Yeah, and he says, "Now open your eyes and go ahead." And he's he he's on one knee proposing to her. Yeah, he says, uh, "Tell me if." This tops your happiest moment, and it's him proposing to her, which is honestly very cute. I was uh, like, "It's adorable." I'm not <laughs> gonna so lie. Nice. Yeah, they have only been together for five months. That did bother me a lot. Also, it bothered me. I was like, "This is moving a little too quickly." Yeah, they need they need girl. to they need to chill out. They have some closed door engagement sex, which bothered me. I want to see him do the no. damn thing. No, you don't get you don't get to be happy. They go at it like animals. She takes a shower and Julian leaves her a note that frightens her. And so he proposed to her as Julian because he didn't want to propose to her as like a as like his fake self, Charles. Yeah. He does kind of enjoy scaring her a little bit. And so he Charles comforts her after Julian scares her so bad. I think she cries because he, he writes. <laughs> I think he writes like JS and like AS. Yeah. Like forever or something. I think it, it was like, yeah, he wrote it in a heart. Yeah. And it was like, all right. And she, she, she's freaked out by this and also going upstairs and realizing that like, he's like made, he's like washed the sheets and she's like, cool. So he's still here because she hasn't heard from Julian basically in like weeks. Yeah. And so she's like, great. So he, he wasn't laying low. He still is wanting me forever, Z's. He's still on that bullshit. Yes. So Charles says he didn't clean up the fourth floor and she's like. In her head, like, a little bit worried about Julian's obsession with her. Not cool. Yep, not cool at all. And she finishes, and she, she starts to, to worry. She talks with, with Charles, and she's like, you know, I'm worried that Julian might try and hurt you. Because, like, I'm the only, you're the only thing standing in between me and, and Julian right now. And Charles is like, I hadn't thought about that, actually. <laughs> Thanks for the idea. So she finishes looking through the books that she'd planned to that night. Uh, I think she had gone up, and she she mostly went up there by herself. 
Uh, Julian's extra notes don't make sense at first. Uh, and then she plots them on the map and she realizes that they are coordinates in the house. Yes. There's some kind of pattern going on and there are more clues to a puzzle. And she realizes that there are points on the map in the house and she's about to go print out the new data when Charles just shows up. Doesn't scare her quite as bad. He's, she kind of just runs into him. Yeah, she's like, oh. And Charles is like, what's your deal? Why are you trying to do this so hard? And she's like, I think it's a puzzle worth solving. And Charles says that it's more that she wants to prove to herself that she has value. And from Julian's perspective, he's excited for Alice to discover the meaning of the coordinates. Mm-hmm. And he never expected to have someone who like wanted to solve the mystery. Like he's usually like deterred people. Like, I mean, obviously this is like a one, you have to figure out where his journal is. And yeah. then you got to figure out that it's a cipher. And then you got to like figure out that like the site, the key to the cipher <laughs> is like music notes. Yeah. And so there's no way anyone would be able to do this without him. L- like literally he, he's, I think he says in the book, if, if anyone like, got close enough to do it and there was like even one page missing out of one of his books there was no way to like finish the cipher at all uh and he thinks he's he's still a little bit worried he's like you know i'm i I want i want my girl and i know she's gonna be pissed but i hope that love is gonna conquer all and i was like i too hope that love will conquer all it's not what we get but that's not that's not how it works most of the time and he's he's feeling kind of impatient because uh he's an impatient man yeah he's just a, a generally impatient man um she only has a few clues left to sift through before finding the coordinates uh and she's working quickly but like without the same level of like i want to start forever with you yeah <laughs> she, she, yeah she's working quickly but not urgently yeah and he thinks to himself thank you for giving me the idea to hurt charles to kind of like speed things along that was a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. I <laughs> didn't think about that, but thanks. She goes upstairs alone again. She didn't really understand why he's cleaning up. Mostly, she says, the last time she'd been upstairs with Charles, it looked like he'd even laundered his bedding because he wants to fuck you in his bed. That's why. Uh, <laughs> she, it's kind of like, don't know why he's cleaning up, but I really hope it's not because he wants to fuck me. It's a thousand percent because he wants to fuck you. Yeah, she finds the last book uh, that she needs to look through. And as she's getting ready to leave, Julian cuts off all the lights and traps her in darkness. God, it's so, it's so horrible every time. Yeah, don't like it. He tells her he's tired of waiting. He accosts her, forces a kiss on her. Yeah, didn't like yeah, he it. does. I didn't like most of the stuff that Julian did in this book. It's very much a dub con, dubious consent type of thing where she's like yeah. not wanting it, but she wants it. She tells him to get off, and he hesitates until she's like, if you don't get off of me, like, I'm leaving. I'm just oh. never going to fucking come back. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to take Charles, Loki, and I'm out of here, dude. He leaves, and she says that she's done with him because she's like, you, can, you just can't keep doing this. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, he, he makes some threats. Um, he said, very well, pretty little rabbit, very well. We shall see how long that lasts. Know what? Know that what comes next is your fault. And she kind of feels something that's familiar in his voice, but she isn't able to hear pinpoint it. Pinpoint it? Yeah, she can't pinpoint it really. How? I don't know mm-hmm. that I wouldn't know your voice, or like Emmanuel's voice, or like Dominic's voice, or Chris. Like I. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Like, they have to sound exactly alike. He's not like putting on. A voice when he's talking to her as Charles or like anything like that. But this like is that. the thing that comes up 
often in lots of books where it'll be like, oh, I didn't realize That's it was true. you, but it's like, it's, the, but like, oh, something about the voice sounds familiar. And she's like, how do you not know, like, the love of your life's voice? Yeah. Cause he's not the love of her life. It's crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, dude. Can you imagine? Wow. So she goes to get Charles and get the hell out of there. Uh, and she had left Charles in bed. And so she gets back to the carriage house and Charles is gone. He's disappeared. And she's like, okay, maybe Charles went somewhere. But then Julian leaves her. Uh, he left her a note uh, at the foot of the bed. And it says, you know where to find him. And it's obviously from Julian. So she's like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, Julian's like. Hey, sh- she loves me. She'll forgive me. Yeah. Love. Love, man. Yeah, so he's he's watching her cry. She's literally on the floor sobbing. Sobbing. And he's like, I hope that she can forgive me when she discovers the truth. And he didn't he's like, I didn't realize that she like loved her fiance. It's like, it's you, dude. You don't You're- realize how much she loves <laughs> you. <laughs> it's you, you idiot. And he's like, I hope that she, you know, doesn't hate him so much and he cries too, because he's a punk ass bitch. <laughs> sick burn got him <laughs> one of the things she says to him I, I highlighted it but one of the things she says to him in the book was so funny I'm gonna read it yeah yeah It was. you probably know what it is but so Charles doesn't show up for work and so she knows that something's definitely wrong and she's not sure what to do but she knows she has to like finish mapping out the coordinates and all this stuff she, she thinks he's probably like in that like house void so she has, she's like, I got to find him myself because what am I going to tell the police? Like, <laughs> yeah. ghost. <laughs> my boyfriend? My fiance? My boyfriend, my fiance got kidnapped by a ghost. Help. Right. So she tries to use the coordinates, but they don't really make sense. And then just as they're planning to cancel Friday's show because Charles has been gone for a couple days. And she's just like, he's dealing with something to like the staff. Yeah. Uh, one of the staff comes to her and they're like, so Charles is here. And she's like, huh? Say the what now? Excuse me? And they're like, he's up in the organ room and he's not cool. He's being Something's real wrong. weird. Being very weird. And so she goes up to the organ room and I think he's like playing super loudly on the organ. And she goes to talk to him and he is acting weird and he's disappears essentially yeah. <laughs> like, like she walks up to him and touches him is like charles and he's like i am not charles and then he disappears yeah. yeah and julian like from the air as a ghost is like don't go to the show tonight but you better not be at that goddamn show and so she goes back to the carriage house it's like middle of the day so she goes back to the carriage house and just drinks and cries herself to sleep <laughs> same honestly uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do I do? How do I fight a ghost? Like, <laughs> So she she wakes up from her, her nap and she realizes that she's looking at the coordinates wrong. She's like, I'm thinking like two, two dimensionally. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking flat. Thinking flat. And so she puts them into her 3D modeling software and she realizes that they actually form an eight pointed star in the house. Yes. And she heads into the house and she goes to like just one of the points on the star and she realizes 
that it's a musical note. That's right. And she's like, oh shit, okay, this is this is getting spicy, uh, let's go. Oh let's damn. Go. And then she realizes also that the last clue is in the tower of the house. Of course <laughs> so it is. she's like, oh no. So Julian's <laughs> watching her watching her do this and he's gonna let her do her thing he's he's not gonna show up when she asked him not to he's like i'm just gonna let her fucking figure it out mm-hmm. uh and he's like i think it was like evening time he's like i think it'll take her about until dawn to find the last clue and his body <laughs> cut to dawn and alice is standing at the black door she's found all the other clues she is tired. She's hungry. She's emotionally drained because her fiance is missing. Fair. She just walks up to the door and she says, open it or I'm going to fucking break it down. And he's like, click. <laughs> it's like, all right, you win. Uh, she goes up there. The room is abandoned. It's dusty. And then there's a big, big ass white circle in the middle of the room. And she's like, I don't fucking understand what that is. And she's looking around the room and she's like, not really sure where this musical note is. And I think she finds it on the window. And additionally, when she looks through the window, she can see parts of the roof that like aren't visible from like satellite images. Yeah. They're kind of like tucked into like other alcoves of things. And she realizes that there's a glass dome right where the void is in the house. And so she finds the final note. She knows she's got to go to the broken piano, so she rushes downstairs. She plays the first note, and then, like, the whole house just, like, emanates noise. Yeah, the whole house is just like... She plays the rest of the notes, and the piano slides into the wall, and she goes in after it. And it's just, like, a really tall tower, essentially. Yeah. With stairs around the, around the uh, outside of it, and a platform at the top. And at the top is a glass coffin, which I said was lame, just... As a concept. (laughs) (laughs) It's for dramatic effect. What are you talking about? And she realizes that there's a body inside and it's wearing the suit that Charles usually wears when he performs. Uh Uh-huh. It's Charles. Yeah. Charles is in the coffin. You know, he's a little bit blue, like, you know, like dead. Yeah. But she can, it, it is for sure Charles. And she's starting to freak out a little bit. And then she realizes that the platform has photos face down around the edges. Mm -hmm. And Julian's apartment has been missing all of the photos that would have had him in them. Yeah. And she, so she's like, okay, these are definitely the photos. So she starts flipping them over and she realizes, (laughs) I wrote my note was, wow, it's the missing photos from the frames. Wow. (laughs) She realizes that Charles and Julian look identical. (laughs) And also, Charles is holding, she had made him a little, she'd like 3D printed him a little octopus trinket. Very mm-hmm. cute. And the little, he, he's carrying it in his in his hand. <laughs> and Julian comes up behind her. And he's got, he's got roses. Obviously it's Charles, Julian, same yeah. person. I'm just <laughs> going to refer to him, I'm just going to refer to him as, as Julian at this point. Yes. And he's got roses and he goes, surprise. And she <laughs> screams. Predictable. Fair reaction. And then she punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> At a girl. Also fair reaction. Yeah. He uh, was expecting the scream. He didn't expect the punch. He didn't expect um, to get decked in the fucking mouth. 
And so he, she, she punches him, books it downstairs. She's smart. <laughs> just, She's like, I got to go. I'm out of here. And he is ghost. So he just floats through walls. Yeah, he's just there. Her. Yeah, essentially beats her to the door. She's, she's just like, I got to get out of this fucking house. She's going to get to the parking lot. And as she gets to the parking lot, she's about to get to her car. And Julian's right behind her because walls don't – no yeah. walls. I said no walls, bitch. <laughs> and he has her car keys. Because of course he does. Like, no, not allowed to leave. <laughs> no. I would have started walking at this point. Yeah, just keep going. What are you like? And so she runs to the carriage house because where else is she going to go? I guess not to the end of the driveway. Yeah, no. Fuck it. And he tries to get her. <laughs> he floats behind her into the carriage house and she runs upstairs to her room. <laughs> he stands outside. the. She closes the door on him and he is like outside the door and he's like, can you like let me in so we can talk about this? And she's like, fuck you. And he's like, I'm just going to float through the door. She's like, don't you fucking dare. And then he does. And she's she's just just she's just distraught. Like <laughs> uh she's mad that he lied to her. She's mad that like she's like, I loved Charles, I didn't love you. And he's like, he's like, I didn't I didn't like become Charles specifically to trick you. I've been Charles because it's the only way that I can make sure that my fucking affairs are taken care of. And run this goddamn business on a day-to-day basis. You were just, like, gravy. Yeah, you <laughs> you were just the icing on top, baby. Also, if I would have told you I was a ghost, you wouldn't have believed me and you would have just fucking bolted. Like, <laughs> she was like, well, you could have walked through the fucking wall or something, dude. That's like... Yeah. So she slaps him. And... Oh, she's also like, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is where it was. Uh, she calls him a son of a bitch. And... Because he's been, he's talking and he's like, look, like, he wouldn't have believed me. And she realizes that like everything's the same. So that's when she slaps him and he's like, you remember that we've had sex. <laughs> and she goes, you cock sucking donkey fucking giant piece of trash. <laughs> Get him, girl. She tackles him and she's like about to start like fucking pummeling him. Mm-hmm. And he's like laughing and he's like, do it, do it. Like. Yeah, punch me. me like make make me hit me make me pay okay i, I fucking deserve this i just want to i just want us to be okay and she's like thinking to herself like i don't understand what i've done to deserve this also every time that like you touched me as like a ghost i was like feeling so shitty about myself because i thought i was a terrible person for like wanting to fuck a ghost <laughs> yeah uh when i had a boyfriend and then a fiance He's like, no, nah, your body just knew it was me. All right? It's okay. You don't have to feel bad. And then uh, Loki, her cat, comes to the door and just, like, starts fucking yelling and being like, I'm hungry. Feed me. Let me in. And, you know, he's like, oh, let me go feed the cat. And the cat knows him. The cat is used to him. <laughs> yeah. Loki's totally cool with him. And so she, you know, she watches him, like, feed the cat. And, you know, he goes and he sits and he's like, look, you're tired. It's been a long day. You've made a lot of discoveries. There's been a lot going on. I think you need to take a rest. Yeah. Why don't you go sleep on it? And so she's like, look, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll worry about beating the shit out of a dead man later. (laughs) I do do need to sleep. Yeah. Uh, She does not have any dreams. She just kind of wakes up. Um, 
And she is thinking about all the different like signs and clues that she missed, like the fact that her a man that she got engaged to, she'd never seen his house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just you know, just slight red flags. Sli- he just would show up places. Yeah. It's fine. She comes out of her room and she's he's adorably sleeping on the couch with Loki on his chest. Who cat loves him. Loves yeah. the shit out of him. Uh, and he admits that this is the first time since she moved in that he has not, either as Charles or in ghost form, slept next to her in bed. Not okay. <laughs> not, not okay. He says that he's sad that she's afraid. She's like, how many other fucking brides have you tricked? And he's like, just you. Only you. You're the only person that I ever cared about like this. <laughs> You're the only person I've tricked into loving me. It's fine. Right. He says he's not going to trap her, aside from the car thing. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's not going to help his case. Uh, but he asks her not to leave. He's like, please just give me a chance. Don't leave. He's like, I want to, like, li- give me a chance to make it up to you. She has a lot of internal questions about how all of him works. Yeah. How does this work? She asks about the electronics things, and he's like, I think I'm made of electromagnetic waves. Uh, so he can, he can use phones and stuff like that, but it just, you know, he's got to put in a little bit of extra work to not completely break shit. Yeah. And he says if she left that he would just go into the void and just let the house just collapse in on itself because he'd he'd be so distraught. And he cries. He'd have, he'd have nothing to live for. Bitch. <laughs> he says that he she asked about him eating and he's like I mean I can taste things. They just kind of disappear inside of me weird he just dissolves matter yeah um he says he loves he's like as i've explained before i love the house i'm not trapped here like i I built it like this so i could be here forever she kind of cackles a little bit maniacally because she's if she doesn't she's gonna cry and she realizes she she's not quite ready to leave she's like there are parts of you that i loved a lot as charles She's not quite ready to just, like, give it all up. Yeah. And he also explains that he ordered the ring uh, on, like, the internet. Yeah, yeah. So she takes the day off. Um, she starts cleaning up all the notes and things that she had made. She falls asleep, but she has horrible nightmares because she's trauma. Yeah, she's just learned a huge, traumatic, like, secret slash event. Yeah, and he's, like, on her wavelength, so she wakes up to him comforting her. Uh, and then she like is still kind of half asleep when he comes to her in her in her distress, and so she's yeah. like he's like holding her and you know comforting her, and then he feels her stiffen when she remembers everything, and that yes. hurts his feelings a little bit because he's sit with me now. Good punk ass bitch. <laughs> a punk ass bitch. Um, she's conflicted just entirely because she loved Charles. She loved Charles. Julian's a creep. But Julian is Charles. Yeah. And Julian asks to kiss her and she lets him. And it kind of makes her not afraid because obviously it's all the comforting things that she misses about Charles. Uh, But she's still mad. Good. Fair. Be angry. Uh, And he tries to tell her, her, he he tells her to go back to sleep and she's like, look, can you come sleep next to me? Because I have bad dreams when you're not with me. He holds her while she's sleeping, and he's like, 
I think by tomorrow night, I think she'll be good. This is all we. <laughs> I hate it so much. Salt. And he's. <laughs> it's so manipulative, and I hate it. Uh, and he's still thinking to himself, like, man, can't wait to get married. This is going to be great. You know, still got this wedding. To I he's pulling a Prince Humperdinck where he's just like, you know, I got my wife to kill. I got a, I got a, I got a wedding got a plan, to plan, plan. My wife wedding. to kill. Oh, <laughs> so much on the agenda. I can't cancel. Yeah, I just, my calendar's booked. I just it's, can't. <laughs> what, what, what am I to do? What is a ghost to do? What am, I, what am I to do? Yeah. And she tries to act normal around the staff because she can't just be like, hey, Charles is a ghost, guys. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> she tries to get on with her job of fixing things around the house. Uh, and she decides she's going to finish the 3D model of the house, even though she decides she's going to finish it. Uh, and she watches Charles. She watches him pretend to be Charles and, like, give a tour and, you know, pull a little magic trick on them that, like, they're like, oh, wow. She's so, still like, low-key enamored by it. Yeah. And he flirts. He does ghost shit. He does ghost shit. <laughs> I don't even remember what the ghost shit was. He, I think he, like, flirts there and then he just disappears because he can do that in front of her now. Yeah, because he, yeah, he just, poof. Uh, and he asks her to dinner. He's like, will you go on, a, like, a little date with me? And she's kind of falling out a little bit around him. Um, he also asks her to move in with him. He says, I'll wait to ask you to move. She, and she's like, I, no, we're not there yet right now. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, no, 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 no. We took, we took a few steps back. And he says, I'll wait to ask you to move in. He paused. Do you want to move in? Loki will love it up there, which I thought was... <laughs> cute but I, at this point i'm like already like ah! danger 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 I, he was saying some like sometimes he'd like say some cute and adorable shit and then it would just be like but he's a he's a piece of shit yeah so she goes up to the fourth floor because he's like look now that you know that i am me i this is where i live actually there was this is my house. house yeah yeah uh, he sets the alarm off trying to cook because I think he just I think he was just a bad cook in life. Yeah. And also with like electronics not agreeing with him. <laughs> yeah, it's, just all all, the time. it's just all bad for him. And she gets up there and he's one, she gets a call from the alarm company and she's like, Look, there's just a burnt food on the fourth floor and they're like, I don't know, there was a fourth floor kitchen and she's like, Don't worry about it. It's she's fine. like, bye. <laughs> and he's furious. Yeah. He's like yelling. He's like, I ruined it. I'm I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to do this. He's like slamming things down and pacing the kitchen. And honestly, just so worrying. Like, if I was with a man and he just like acted like this, I would be yeah. terrified. Yeah, he just fucking flips out. He yeah, and so she calms him down a little bit. Uh and she decides to order Chinese food, and they wait for it on the porch. <clears throat> and he again is like, I'm so sorry about all the lies. And she kind of asks him, he's like, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not a good person. I've never, I've, I never have been a good person. I've, I've always done terrible things. And she's like, have you killed people before? And he's like, yes. And she's like, was it in self-defense? And he's like, no. And she's like, thinking about, if you remember from the first book, there was the college kid who had a crush on her. And after his 21st birthday, she comes in the next day and he has hung himself in the foyer. Yeah. And so she's thinking of Billy and she's like, have you killed anyone recently? And he says no. And so she's like, okay, cool. He didn't. I think that was just Billy doing it. <clears throat> and she says she'll stay 
she realizes that he's he he was a bit heavy handed, but maybe like kind of well intentioned, I guess. <laughs> and she's she says she'll stay, and but he isn't forgiven yet. She's like, I no. hold a grudge for a little bit. They have a pretty normal dinner date, and then Julian gets frisky and takes her to bed. He somehow has a lot of hands when he's in his invisible ghost form. Yeah. This honestly, like, parts of this were hot, but also it just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> just... It was like a simultaneously hot and distressing sex scene. Yeah. Where he's like just touching her all over and just kind of sensory overload for her. Um, it, yeah, it, I'm sure it would have been too much. She gives him a ghost blowjob because he loves blowjobs. Yeah. I don't know if he'd ever had one before her. Like in the first book, it made it seem like he'd never had a blowjob before. <laughs> he's actually invisible. <laughs> during like yeah the entire scene like 90 percent of this scene yes goes down on her as a ghost yeah and he's able to not only like he's not only like able to be sheer and opaque is how i will describe it yeah like yeah. visually but also like he's able to change how physically present he is yeah and so here he's like entirely like invisible but like full-bodied kind of Mm -hmm. he also can like take her clothes off without taking them off you know like he just remove like he just like blip them away yes so like he because he he wears like regular clothes like his clothes that are on his body are not like He's not, like, stuck to them forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's able to change the quality of the things that he touches. And so, like, if he's got, like, her bra, he's able to just, like, turn that into one of the things that is, like, move, like... Ghostly. Ghostly. Yeah. (laughs) I guess is the best way to put it. Yes. And then he he does, like, physically materialize so that they can have uh, penetrative sex. Because blowjobs and oral sex are sex guys. There we go. Thank you. Heter- heterosexual romances don't always make that. Like, they're always like, no, those are separate from sex. But, like, they're sex guys. She has so many orgasms. Uh, he makes her say that she loves him, which I was like, anything I say in the throes of an orgasm does not count. <laughs> not legally binding, actually. Not legally binding. At all. Don't. Try and that's hold fair. people to things that they say when they're having an orgasm because, like, that's their brain. At, like, it's most like they do anything. That's and then we fair. all know what we've all heard of uh, post nut clarity. That's right. So she does say, she says, I love you. Uh, and they finish having sex. And then she says it again. She says, Even if you are a massive shithead. And they fall asleep together. So I was fucked to ghost and she liked it. It was a little overwhelming, but she liked it. All right. So this is where Justin leaves. Uh, th- this. This is yeah. This is my end on the stint of the podcast. So uh, I'll see you guys. If you recall, <laughs> I'll see you guys never. Last time, Justin said, "If she fucks this ghost, I'm out." So yeah, I mean, you know, I think we had a good run on the podcast, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, this is like our what? Are, we just had twenty. We just got up to a thousand listens. Actually, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. Julian wants her to move in, but she's like, "I'm not convinced that I'm ready for that. I'm not convinced of you. I'm also not ready for that in general." Uh, she's still wearing mm-hmm. the engagement ring. And also she's like, um, so I'm alive and you're dead. 
kind of not sure how this is going to work. And he's just like, don't worry about it. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, when I'm ready to murder you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Don't worry about about it. it. Uh, He asked her to be his assistant on stage. And he's basically like, look, I like, let's start practicing some routines and things like that. He has her make him some waffles and in between waiting for the waffles to heat up, they fool around a little bit. Well, he, he agrees to learn how to cook in order to get her to be his assistant. And he's like making the waffles, but they're fooling around. And every time they're like getting deep into it, the waffle beeps and he's like, son of a bitch. So he says, and then he, they also talk about like his abilities as a ghost. And he's like, I think that like, he, he says that he thinks other ghosts didn't let themselves remember how to feel. But he's always been thinking about like, you know, how to feel like he's, he chooses to feel pain. You know, most of the time, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't want to be like a, 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 ghost. Yeah, a ghost who forgets things, which is why he, he says he has the abilities that he does. She's kind of regretting agreeing to be his assistant. He thinks she's great. He's just in general, not great at explaining himself. So like he calls her rabbit and she's like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> What's he, that? Why, yeah, he tries to explain that? it, but then he's like, this is not. Um, going well. <laughs> he says, "Um, you know, beautiful, graceful, easily startled, big eyes." And she's like, "And rabbits are prey." And he's like, "No, like, you know, I just, I've always, I've kept rabbits as pet before. That's not what I meant. That, like, and not like that. <laughs> I'm not explaining this well." And she kind of asks, "You know." Are there any other things that you're keeping from me? And he's like, there's no other lies or secrets. And she's like, do you promise? And he's like, I promise. And they pinky swear. Little does she know, he's got his fingers crossed behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> probably, honestly. That's not in the it's book. It's not, but, but if we had his perspective, probably. he probably would have had his fingers crossed behind his back. They, her first performance as like his assistant, she only does like a couple tricks with him. Just some of the ones that like he hasn't been able to mm-hmm. really do because he needs a, an assistant to do them. Yeah. They cuddle after the show and... It's honestly just a cuddle. It's a very sweet little cuddle. There's no like he's not trying to feel her up while he cuddles her. He's just holding her. And he she says he's yeah. he's looking at her with just so much love in his eyes. She says she loves him again. And she says that she wants to tell her aunt and uncle and then they can use the agoraphobia excuse. And she's uh, pretty much forgiven him. So, yay. They yeah, they video call her aunt and uncle, and they're excited. They're a bit wary of the speed because it's been five months. Yeah, as anyone would be. They're a little bit wary because of the optics of him being her boss because they think that she's with Charles. Uh, they're, they're they're calling him Charles with her aunt and uncle for because can't say that he's Julian. He's Charles. Got to keep up appearances, yeah. you know. Uh, he's glad that her aunt and uncle are like in their like seventies. So he's like they're not going to be around a long ass time. So. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was, he, like, the whole time he was just like, nah, they won't be a problem much longer. Old asses. Yeah. They're kind of assholes to her. They're just kind of, like, nitpicky and, like. Yeah. Like, her aunt will be like, oh, look at you. Like, you look healthy, but, like, in, like, a you're fat way. <laughs> yeah. So they invite them to come visit them a couple weeks, and Julian lets slip that he can possess people. Interesting ghost ability there, buddy. Yeah. But also, like, this is, I don't know the exact time period this is, but she mentions Netflix at some point in the book. And I was like, 
how do you not know that ghosts can possess people in this day and age? I mean, age? the rules. I mean, look, I can tell you how how vampires are in Twilight, but that doesn't yeah. mean that vampires are like that in real life. You know? Well, because vampires are not real, allegedly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is that like? Because they're allegedly not real, we don't actually know what their abilities are. He has her go grocery shopping. He says, can you go grocery shopping and pick up some stuff? Uh, And she realizes that he's trying to cook a meal for her that does not involve a stove. Which is a good idea on his part. Yes. Um, So he uses the time that she's gone to finish working on his wedding present. Uh, It's a coffin. It's a glass coffin, guys. (laughs) It's It's the same kind of coffin that he's in. Yes. Lame. Still lame. Even lamer now, actually. <laughs> it's decorative, Maya. She brings home the groceries. He admits that he knows about the 3D model that she's making. Uh, and he plans, he's like, look, come meet me out back at this time. It's a picnic. Because, you know, hey, I don't want to keep secrets from you. So, like, I, I, I ruined your yeah. surprise. I'm going to ruin my surprise for you, which it's a picnic. It's fair. Yes. Look, you know. She takes a little nap while he's doing that. And the picnic is nice and sweet, and he asks her to move in with him again, and she agrees, and then he possesses Correct. a rabbit for her. <laughs> Just going all in. Julian calls, so she, it's, we've moved forward like a, a couple days or whatever, and she's moving into mm-hmm. the fourth floor apartment, and Julian's fucking off doing ghost shit, uh, which I thought was funny, where she says, um, she says, why are you calling me if you can ghost your ass up here? And he says... I don't ghost my ass anywhere. It's not a verb, okay? (laughs) (laughs) He basically is like, look. uh, So they've told the staff that she's moving in. And he says he has a new trick that he wants to show her for them to, like, start practicing to perform. And so he's like, come downstairs. No, no. So she goes down there, and he's basically got two, what is it, like, two walls of spikes. The kind that would, like, close in. That, like, yeah, that, like, close on the person. Yes. And it, it's not it's not really an an Iron Maiden. Yeah. But it's like essentially because they're not connected. Right. Yeah. So he's he says uh, it's been in his like he's got like some secret kind of storage. Of course he does. And uh, he had made it originally for Houdini. But Houdini was like, pretty sure you're trying to kill me. Don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> and his the, the trick is basically it's an escape. It's an escape trick. So he's like, look, I'm going to handcuff you give you a bobby with pen. six pairs of handcuffs hand hand huh six pairs of handcuffs okay that's what i thought <laughs> you said handcuffs <laughs> you said handcuffs <laughs> it's the gym beam all right let's okay. not talk about it <laughs> and with handcuffs and she's got the bobby pin and she's got to pick them all by the time the thing closes and his goal is that she will pick all six locks in under 30 seconds Yes, eventually. Yes. But for this time, he's going to give her 30 minutes. To pick all the locks. And she's like, well, when did, what's your fastest time? And he says, 37 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't think I could do that. Like, and he's like, look, if you can't he's even like, do look, it. He's like, look, you're more, pa- like, you have more patience, especially with locks than I do. I've never been patient enough for it. So she starts picking the locks. And he starts feeling her up. And he's like, I have to distract you. So that, like, you know, like there's going to be, like, a lot of people in the audience. There's going to be a lot going on, you know? Like, I got to, like, gonna be so I gotta, like much. ramp up. And so he basically, so he eats her out as a ghost through her clothes. And then he ghosts her clothes off. As you do, you know. And then 
they have ghost anal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he uses his ability to like choose how physically present he is, I guess to make his dick smaller so that he's getting all I don't so know. He's getting all the friction but she's not getting like a full dick in her ass. I guess so. They have ghost anal. He waits until she's like fully warmed up before he gives her the whole D, the whole ghost D. I didn't enjoy this at all. It was it was a little uncomfortable. He, he basically like forced her into it. A thousand percent he forced yeah, her he into it. Yeah, he comes up with like a bottle of oil and she's like, what's that for? And he's like, don't worry about it. What, what are you doing he's there? Like, don't worry he's about like, it. hey, pick the locks, all right? <laughs> no, the whole time I was reading it, it's like, I don't so like So she like this. loses her concentration with the locks and things like that. And they just end up having ghost anal. And then he's like, all right, let me let you down. Because this was mostly a ploy for me to like tie you up or whatever. And she said, he says, your, your half hour was up a while ago. I suppose it wasn't playing fair. I'll let you have the cuffs. And she goes, no need. And she pulls her wrists out of the holes of her head and hands him <laughs> the pile of cuffs. And he's like, huh? And she's like, did it in a minute and a half. Wasn't quite fast enough, though. <laughs> yeah, wasn't quite fast enough. <laughs> he's like, you were faking being stuck. And she's like, ta-da. Which I thought was, I thought that was kind of cute where he thought that he was like, that he was like, haha, got one yeah. over on her. And she was like, I'm letting you do this. Yeah, she said, this is fine. But it was just the initial, like, him, like, forcing it on her. It was so whole bad. Chapter, the whole it. chapter was, like, from, this is one of the few times where, like, the whole chapter's from her perspective. And so we were also surprised as readers that she had gotten out in, like, a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's great. That's, like, a great, like, little trick. Look at that. Uh, so then they have just a nice couple weeks. Um, they put pictures up of the two of them in the apartment. She, like, <laughs> she sees a picture of julian hanging with teddy roosevelt yeah <laughs> she's like she's like wow my fiance is hanging with teddy Ro- roosevelt just being bros yeah. that's great <laughs> her aunt and her uncle come and visit and they love charles even though they kind of suck and julian they they lie to them about like the wedding planning and like you know mm. oh yeah we're planning a small wedding it's gonna be here blah 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 blah, blah. she's kind of relieved when they when they leave uh and so she starts working again in the museum. Loki is having a great time on the fourth floor, but I thought this was funny. Yeah. He was also enjoying hunting mice. When they'd woken up with a carcass of a mouse in bed, she laughed and praised her cat for his gift and hard work. Julian had been less amused. It was funny to see him grossed out by a dead mouse. He's just like, <laughs> not, no thank you. Same. <laughs> um, I don't want it. She actually enjoys performing. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say Jinx has brought me a dead mouse before and... I did not enjoy it. It was not a fun, <laughs> not a fun experience for me. Uh, Doc has brought us. He's actually never brought us a lizard. We've caught him murdering lizards, but <laughs> he's never been. He's never brought us a, a live toy before. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't alive when she brought it to me. He's never brought a toy that he killed himself. Fair enough. He usually eats the lizards. Actually, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little bit of protein. It's fine. And then, like three months pass. She's almost been at the museum for, like, a year. She -hmm. gives him the 3D model for his birthday, which it's the first time he celebrated his birthday since he died, basically. Yeah. And Julian loves it so much that he makes it part of the tour. And, like, they teach the staff how to, like, remove the – it pulls apart. And so they teach the staff how to, like, gently remove parts of it to, like, show the inner mechanics of the house or whatever. And things are good for them. Mm -hmm. And then one day, a patron comes up. 
to her and she's like fixing something and he's like, oh, making small talk about fixing it. And he's an engineer. They make, they joke around a little bit. And he's, he, in, he, he invites her to he lunch. He invites her to lunch and she's like, sorry, I'm engaged. And he's like, oh, it's fine. It's cool. And then he stands up. He goes to give her a hand. And then it's almost like he gets pushed a little bit. And then he looks down at his hands. And then he just, he looks up at her. And his eyes are, uh, Julian has heterochromia. So the guy's eyes are now blue and brown. And he punches himself in the balls. <laughs> just straight up punches himself in the dick. And then runs out in fear. Like, oh my God. Like, I don't know what the, like his eyes are back green and he's look, running out and looking afraid. And she runs upstairs to, like, she's like yelling at Julian. She runs upstairs and he's just like, why the fuck did you do that? And he's like, he was flirting with you. And she's like, yeah, but I told him I was engaged and he was just being nice. And he's like, dudes are never just nice. Well, you're never just nice. That's entirely the, the youth. Yeah, that's, that's you. That's you. And he's like, this is my house. I can do what I want in my house. And she's like, you aren't God here. And he's like, I am God. And he's like, you know, I've done a lot worse shit than this. I'm a murderer. I've strung people up from the rafters. And she's like, say to who now? What was that? Go go back five seconds. What was that? What'd you say? <laughs> and she's like, tell me you didn't. You didn't do that. And he smart. He straightens. Uh, and then he gets like a kind of a smug cruel smile on his face and he says i could have forgiven him for dancing with you i could have i could never forgive him for stealing a kiss from you they belong to me billy kissed her on the cheek on um, and he snuck it in he was a 21 year old kid 21 it was right after his birthday so she's distraught obviously she tries to leave obviously and julian like won't let her and he says i'm not gonna let you leave i'm not ready yet and she's just like Ready for what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, I didn't, I didn't want it to happen like this. This is not what I planned. He tries to kiss her, and she goes stiff, and she's like, I'm not your property, and he's like, every part of you belongs, like every part of you belongs to me, um, and every part of me belongs to you. I love you. You're mine. And she's like, this is fucked. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, she's like, you know, you forced someone to hang himself because you were jealous. So he he possessed Billy. And then made Billy record himself killing himself. Yes. And she calls him a spoiled brat. And he, his hand latched around her throat. He reeled back as if to strike her with his other fist. And then something in him visibly shattered. His rage fell apart and crumbled. He fell on top of her. And he's just like crying. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I would never do. I'm so sorry. Like, please. My father would call me that. He would say that to me before he hit me. You know, he, he called me a brat. And he's crying and she is like look i don't know if i can forgive you for that and julian's like still not gonna let you leave and she's like how many people have you fucking killed and he's like i'll show you and he gets cruel again and he possesses her and he walks her downstairs and then he takes her to like the where the spike walls are which they're not on the stage or somewhere and he basically like ghosts her to this like secret basement. He, yeah, that. So, the things that look like Iron Maiden that weren't an Iron Maiden were correctly not an Iron Maiden, but he has like a Iron Maiden like 
down in like the secret ghost basement that he has. Mm-hmm. And he opens up a trap door and he throws her in there. Yeah. And this I'll I'll finish the section and then and then I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh he feels mm-hmm. bad immediately that he trapped her. Um and he cries and he tells us, you know, his story about like his so basically his father was abusive. And mm-hmm. one day his dad beat his mother unconscious. And then he went to, to go turn on little tiny baby Julian. And Julian, it was his first sleight of hand, but he pulls a knife out of his pocket and he stabs his dad. And he kills him. Yeah. And so when his mom wakes up, she's like, I can't believe you killed your dad. And so she calls the police on him. And she's like, my son killed my husband. And the police are like, well, he says that it's because like the police believed him over his mother because even back in those like you know like the late 1800s the police would believe a young nine-year-old boy over a woman i think it's mostly just because like he's nine like yeah probably yeah it seems less about like us like he's like oh it's like a sexism thing and i'm like no it's probably just like a oh so you killed your husband and now you're trying to blame like a child like we're supposed to believe a child did this yeah (laughs) like (laughs) that's more believable right uh and so they Put it. They they arrested his mother and they sent him to an orphanage and he runs away from home and he, he runs away from the orphanage, joins a circus, and he can hear Alice crying and screaming and then she stops, which scares him even more and he's like, I might have gone too far. And so Alice, she like basically slides down this long ass tunnel, and she lands on a pile of bones. Yay! Tons of bodies. Uh, she has a Bodies. panic attack and basically goes catatonic and it's just like, I guess I'll just sleep and then I'll wake up and it'll be not here anymore. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Julian appears next to her after she's passed out and he's glad that she's alive. Uh, he says that there are 36 bodies down there. This is what I didn't understand about. He was like, you know, the journal was saying that like he built the house to like trap spirits, but he's like, takes a little bit more than just dying in this house to turn you into a ghost. Because obviously the house doesn't have ghosts. So, like, what's the fucking point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just did it to be contrary. He takes Alice. Only spirit's powerful Yeah, enough. he carries Alice back upstairs and he gives her a bath and he realizes that he's been abusive. But he's still not going to let her go. Spoiler alert, the rest of the book is like this. It is 100% the cycle of abuse of him abusing her. And then love bombing her until the next time she makes him yeah. angry and then he abuses her again. Yes. It was very uncomfortable to read. I hated it so much, actually. I didn't need this. I think if the book was him kind of being like, I don't want to let you go, that's that's like villain romance to me. Is like that that's like cool. Ghost story, villain romance. He doesn't want to let her go. Yeah. But combined combined with like the active abuse was at that point like it's not a villain romance, it's just watching a woman be abused. Yeah. Th- that's where this book goes wrong for me is that I could not at any like I I'm cool with a villain romance. I'm not a huge fan of like bully romances, those kind of upset me just in general. But like so far up until this point, he's kind of just been a little bit of a creep. I guess I can overlook him being yeah. a little bit of a creep. 
he's a little bit heavy handed, like emotionally. I can kind of understand him being, yeah, I yeah. can kind of romance novel wave away him being a little bit heavy handed. What I can't excuse is him grabbing her by the throat and then him acting like he's the victim, like she did something to make him do that. Yeah. And also, like, I don't want to say I'm cool with it, but I'm cool with him having killed people in the past. But, like, yeah. there's, I don't want to say that there's, like, I think that jealousy has its time and its place. Like, I, like, like me being, like, love Alvin Kamara, love Brandon Tanev. <laughs> I think it's cool for my husband to be, like, if I meet Brandon Tanev and Alvin Kamara, I think it's cool for my husband to be jealous that, like, there's a level of, like, standing or, like, worship. Not like worship, but, like, a level of, like, in being enamored with Brandon Tanev or Alvin Kamara. Like, I think it's okay for him to be jealous in that moment. Yeah. And be, like, not 100% cool with that. Yeah, not okay with this a little bit. Billy was a... I don't want to say he was a child. He was 21. But, like, Billy was a kid. She viewed him as uh, a yeah. child. Like... The way that Billy was presented was no different than her having, like, a middle schooler have a crush on her. And she's just like, exactly. I'm out of your league, kid. Like, keep trying. Yeah. You don't you don't have to have me, but there's pe- people out there for you. This dude that she had just talked to, he's just a guy. He doesn't know that she's, like, he was not, he was not disrespectful. He was just, like, they connected. They had an, honestly, yeah. in any other romance novel, it would be, a, like, a little bit of a meet cute. And he asked her to lunch, and she was like, sorry, I'm engaged. Yeah. And that was it. And she was ready to, like, just let it go. And he said, oh, cool. That's, like, that's fine. I'm just going to go. And he was like, no, you're not. It's an unhealthy level of jealousy. And it's, a, it's it, to, the, to the point that it is abusive. Where, like, she can't even, ha- she can't even like, talk to another man without him feeling threatened. Yes, which if, if you have that, like, level of jealousy in your body this is not a problem with them no this is a you thing right you need to get that shit in check yeah and he's like you know men are just like this like it's not just one thing it's like no that's just you dude that's yeah that's just you bro this is like your issue it's not alice's issue it's not the issue with billy or the other guy it's just you you have a problem so alice wakes up um in bed surrounded by roses because he's love bombing her after an act of abuse. Julian left a note apologizing, but it is not enough. It shouldn't be enough. Yeah, if someone correct. puts their hands Should on you be. and it is not a consensual, like you're in like a BDSM type relationship. No, there's not enough roses in the world to fucking make up for it. And he has locked her inside the apartment on the fourth floor. And she realizes that Julian is going to kill her. This is not romantic. Not, not in the slightest. I can... First book, I knew he was going to kill her. But, like, first book, I could get behind the idea that she's going to choose to die for this man so that they can live together for a time. Yeah. Makes sense. After five months, it's a little, it's a little bit Romeo and Juliet, like, chill out. Yeah. But yeah, well. I can get behind it. I can hand wave some things. and But this is not romantic. I can't hand wave you forcing my hand in something. Yes. Julian is indeed prepping. Uh, to murder her and he's like i gotta just keep going with the plan to murder her and keep her with me forever and so he preps uh basically like a ritual space and 
he's just thinking to himself that he's vile and that what he did was was more than vile. Killing Billy was was bad. Um, she wakes up to Julian petting her hair and she's still conflicted because honestly, previously it would be like, girl, I don't understand why you're so conflicted. She's conflicted because she's in an abusive relationship and he has love bombed her that she, that like his love is, is insurmountable. And that's what yeah. happens in abusive relationships is that you start to think to yourself like, oh, he hurts me, but he loves me a whole lot. That's not love. But when you're in an abusive relationship, rose colored glasses. Yeah. When you are wearing rose colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. That's right. He apologizes for Billy in the pit and for hitting her. And he tells her about his parents in the circus. And she basically is like, are you going to kill me? And he says, I'm sorry for killing Billy. I lost my temperature. I lost my temper. I'm sorry that I threw you in, the, in that pit. Didn't answer the question. She asks him again, are you going to kill me? And he goes silent. And it's... It's, it's pretty obvious at that point. Yes. Uh, he thinks that she is going to forgive him in time. And he lets her out of the apartment and she just bolts. We go back to his perspective and he knows that he's not shit. He knows he's a monster and he's hoping that she's just going to tire herself out. Alice does not want to die. I can't even be in a good mood. This book, like, it legitimately just... It, like, the last, like, five chapters of this book is just, like, I I don't want to finish reading this. So he shows her an illusion of dead Billy because... Like, it's honestly the last five chapters. I said, Super fun. I said the last, like, I said the end of the book was like just going back in that cycle of abuse, but it's like yeah. constant. It's not like, it's like usually, like, in a cycle of abuse, it'll be like, it could be like weeks before you, it's before there are hours. It's, it's, it's minutes. He starts closing off walls. Um, and yeah, he says that she has a couple days to go before her death. <laughs> not comforting at yeah. all. And he basically takes her and he puts her in the, prop room under the spikes she's still very conflicted and she's thinking to herself i'm going to trick him into thinking that i am cool with this gain his trust so i can get out um he feels her up because he's a creep and she lets them have sex one last time because she's like this is the last like she's she lets them have sex honestly like, all the other ones were, like, dubious consent were, like, yeah, she's not into it, but, like, she's into it. This just felt yeah. non-consensual. He put her on the goddamn table and, like, shackled her. Yes. This just feels... And he felt her up and stuff. And then, like, when he's about to enter her, he undoes, like, all the, the shackles and shit. And he's, like, make your choice. Yeah. And he's, like, you know... He's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, I thought you liked our games. And she's like, this isn't a game to me anymore. And it's like, it's, it's non-consensual because she's not like her mind space is I'm having sex with you because I don't want you to hurt me anymore right now. Physically, emotionally, mentally, none of it. I, I hate this so much. Julian thinks things are going great. He's like, wow, we made love. Gross. Actually. Um, he holds her while she sleeps and he thinks everything's just going to work out. And Alice wakes up and she's just like, maybe I should die because I'm clearly too stupid to live that I've got myself into this situation because she's victim blaming herself. Gaslighting oh, herself. God. Another book. 
where we have a character I can't believe gaslighting himself. <laughs> Welcome to the Gaslight Podcast. She knows she has to hurt him to survive. She asks if today is the day, and he kind of jokes around about it, even though it's not a joking matter. Yeah, not cool, bro. And he's like, no, it's not today. I have some more work to finish before we can begin. And she starts putting on her clothes. And he's like, I thought you accepted this was going to happen. I thought last night. And she's like, I don't have to like it. I don't have to be excited. I don't have to want to die. And she basically says that, like, she had sex with him because, like, she wanted to have sex with Charles one last time. Which made me so sad for her. God damn it. The end of this book sucks, dude. <laughs> it's, like, honestly terrible. He says the museum is open, so she can't explore the house. Uh, he disappears, and she knows she's not going to see him again until he's ready to kill her. Uh, she tries to look for things that she can use her at her disposal to try and kill the fucking ghost. Um, she yeah. remembers his journal had spells in it. She wasn't interested, she wasn't interested in those before. Uh, but she mm-hmm. finds a spell book, she starts reading them, and she finds a spell to trap spirits. And so she pulls up the rug, draws a symbol, sells the spell, and, like, it physically hurts her. Yeah, it, like, rips her hands up. Yeah, tears. She says it looks like there was two, like, huge gashes in her hands after she does the spell. Uh, if you've watched Supernatural, she basically does, like, the draw a circle on the floor. Yeah, like the, the angel, yeah. like, banishing spell thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it summons Julian, and it hurts him, too, thank God. Um, Good. And he's proud of her. He was like, wow, didn't know you had it in you. Oh, wow. Uh, so she wraps her bloody hands, and he says he's going to get out before she's able to leave the estate, because when he was saying in his book that he gave his, like, parts of his life, every, like, this, this doing the spell on him is kind of, like, sapping her energy. He's, yes, he says every second, like, her life is draining. As she's holding this spell. And he's like, hey, let me out of here before the magic drains you. And she tries to leave, and Julian starts panicking. Yeah, so she's like, before she did it, she was like, you know, if it fails, if it, if it succeeds, he's going to be mad. Fuck him, he's trying to kill me, he doesn't get to be mad. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, look, just let me out of here. We can work this out. Do you need more? If you need more time, I can give you more time. And she's like, the fucking second that I let you go, you're going to stab me. And he's like, no. Okay, I'm not going to stab you. But, like, I would be poisoning you. Yeah. I don't want you to be afraid. And so she's like, look, I got to go. I'm sorry. I love you, but I, I can't. So Julian is, like, basically screaming at her as she's, like, leaving him upstairs mm-hmm. trapped. Uh, she goes downstairs. Uh, she knows she has to be pretty fast, so she pulls the fire alarm to get all the guests out. To get everyone out, yeah. Uh, she goes to the basement. She finds some gasoline, and she fucking tosses that over his coffin. And then she sees the trinket that she made him in his hands, in his dead body's hands, and she drops a spell. And he comes to her immediately, and he tells her that it wouldn't have worked anyway to try and like burn his body. It's not where the power is stored, and he says that it's time. Um, so she's crying. He's taking her to the, he goes her up to the tower. Uh, he has a vial of poison for her. And of course it has, um, drink me like Alice in Wonderland because he's at every single moment a sick fuck. Correct. She refuses and he like forces her into the, she refuses 
and she's like, I can't drink this. And he's like, drink it. And he's, he was shaking. He was so angry. He schooled his features back into a gentle smile and chuckled. Sorry, you know how I can be. This is not how I wanted this to work out. Drink the bottle, Alice. It won't hurt. It won't feel like anything at all. You'll drift to sleep. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, I can make you. I can possess you and make you drink it. But I want you to like, just drink it. And so she's not. And so he gets angry and he grabs her and he forces her to the ground. And he's, she's like screaming and fighting him. And then he pulls a knife out of his fucking pocket. Yeah. What the fuck? And he covers her mouth with his hand. And then he like is about to like stab her. And then he breaks down again. Like he's the victim. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I can't do this. I promised I wouldn't hurt you. You've done it already a lot, actually. Too too late, buddy. And he says, go. Like, leave. Take all your shit. Don't come back. It's like, burn the, burn the house down if you want. Just leave me and go. So she goes downstairs to the fourth floor. And she puts Loki in his carrier. She grabs her bag. She goes to the stairs. And then at the front door, she, like, pause it. Pauses, and she, but then she opens the door. And then she knows, you know, the, the second she goes out that door, Julian's going to be alone. So he's... Up in the tower, sobbing, feels like a monster. He deserves to be alone. True. All true. He's been talking about how, like, the house is kind of, like, a part of him at this point, where, like, he can kind of, like, feel all parts of the house at all times. And so he feels the front door open and close, and he knows that everything's ruined. But he's so distraught that he doesn't realize Alice coming back upstairs to him. And he doesn't look at her until she's taken the poison, and she's just like, I'm so scared. And so he holds her as she passes out. And then we have our happily ever after. She's a ghost. Yay. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. She's been doing her own show. So they made a, a Alice Strand poster of her. She and Julian are preparing for a show. Uh, she's not quite used to being a ghost. She's still getting there. Uh, her aunt and uncle died. Uh, they have lots of ghost sex. The one cute thing that happened in the epilogue is that Loki uh, oh yeah Loki, yeah Loki died of natural of causes. natural causes and or Loki was getting really old and so they yeah. were like waiting for you know thinking that Loki was gonna die and like right before Loki died Loki like was yelling at the ba- at the stairs to the tower and they finally let Loki up there and then Loki goes up there and Loki passes away and they were like you know they both cried about it they were very sad and then like two days later she wakes up to Loki batting at her face. <laughs> uh, they did not realize that Loki would also come back. <laughs> and so now the museum just has like a ghost cat and Loki. It, he's just kind of his own attraction because they can't make Loki not do ghost shit. She reminisces about meeting Julian and uh, that they're going to have to change identity soon. Because it's been 10 years, so she should be 36 now. But Correct. the impossible Julian Strand. I Just based off principle, this is a one for me. It's absolutely a one for me. I'm so sorry that I told you guys to read this book because yeah. I didn't expect it. This I've never been in an abusive relationship. Well, I've never been in a, that kind of abusive relationship. I've never been in an abusive relationship with a romantic partner. And this was mm-hmm. triggering for me. Yeah. I get that. And the last, like, 10%, 15% of the book was so awful. And it was just 
it, like I said, it was just that cycle of abuse constantly. Con- yeah, constantly. Within like minutes, hours, a couple days, just going through that abuse. Constant bombardment. Abuse, pretending like I am the victim, love bombing you, and then, oh, you've done something again to make me mad? I'm going to abuse you again. Yeah. Uh, one star. Yeah. A thousand percent one star. Um, I don't even know what to say. But, like, it's not a villain romance. He's just a villain. Yeah, he's just a villain. And I think that where the book went wrong was one, he should not have killed. Like he, I would prefer that Billy had died by suicide himself. It's sad, but yeah. like, I don't want that. I don't want him to have attacked that man who flirted with her. And the ending was not, she didn't make that choice. That was her, like you said, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't sweet. It wasn't romantic. And I, I, I don't quite know where in the book I needed it to make the pivot. But I think by the time that he had put his hands on her the first time, I was like, I can't. Yep. No coming back from that. I can't come back from a... And this is why bully romances are so hard for me because I can't imagine being like... Usually bully romances are like high school, like, you know, new adults. So like people who are like mm-hmm. a senior mm-hmm. in high school, but they're like 18. Or it's just he's just yeah. like the, the main... The, the, the male lead will just be so mean to the female lead and just say absolutely yeah. vile shit to you. And I'm supposed to believe that like... Like baby girl... No. Uh-uh. Like as we're not we're not here for that. As someone who has worked with high schoolers, any if any girl ever told me that she was like in a relationship with a man who had treated her that way, I was like, "There's, n- especially because new adult romances, you only go so far. Like with the happily ever after, or like the epilogue, they they only go so far in the future." Yeah. Oh, I I, there's just so little for me to say that like what's to stop this 18 year old boy from going back into these bad habits. And just being abusive to you again. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, this is not a happily ever after. It's like, even 10 years later, it's not a happy for now. It's a happy for now until the next time some man flirts with you because he's jealous. You're a ghost. You're stuck there now. You're stuck there forever. There's nothing. I. I, There's no good that's coming out of this. Like, at all. Yeah, I think... I think him putting his hands on her was, was definitely my... Oh, that was irredeemable. That was irredeemable at that point. Not. I told you their redemption arc is never coming. It it can't. It just absolutely can't. It, it can't. And I'm I'm so distressed because like, I know like. The first book was a villain romance. Yeah. Finding out that Julian and Charles were the same person, like I could I could I was still there. I was still bought into. All right, he's a little bit of a shit, but like yeah, he he's got the spirit, but like. How can you fall so far from grace? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I thought I I thought that this was going to be a sure thing, and it was just not. Was this the worst book we have read? Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to... Yeah, it, I, it had to be because I just cannot, in good conscience... Read a book where the main where the where the hero is just like legitimately abusive, and I'm sp- like yeah, I feel 
violated in terms of my ex the idea that like i i i feel like Catherine ann kingsley broke a contract with me in terms of what mm-hmm. a reader is to expect from a romance novel okay there's only been like one other book that i felt like it did that where it just completely where i was yeah. just like you you just like misled me as a reader and not in like a wow twists and turns but like in a blatantly wow this is horrible yes captivated was better than this oh shit this this is absolutely the yeah. worst book that we have read i'm very upset and i'm so sorry to Catherine and kingsley because i hate this book yeah <laughs> uh you guys don't have to buy the box set now <laughs> that's if you're thinking about it don't yeah i'd say skip this a thousand percent no one needs to read this really at all don't read it i'm so sorry if this was i mean i'm gonna put a trigger warning in there for domestic violence because like that's yeah. what it was it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't cute oh a thousand percent. it wasn't cute it was just domestic violence Ugh. justin do you have a suggestion this week yeah i do my suggestion something that i haven't done yet but i have taken the steps to do i recently ordered a planner so that I can start writing down my tasks and planning my life. Uh, a few years ago, me and you did bullet journaling. You have stuck with it. I have not. I feel like I need the planner already made out for me to be able to do it. Because uh, if I have to do it myself, if I have to like draw everything myself, I'm not going to do it. Because I already feel like I have zero time in my I life. I mean, we can think about that. But... I bought a planner, and I'm going to be trying that out. So I think you guys should try to structure structure your life. Mm-hmm. Buy a planner. Do something that you'll be able to like. Even if you don't buy a planner, you know, use use the planner that's in your hand, your cell phone. You can yeah. jot stuff down, jot notes down. Just structure your life. Yeah. I think that's a good one. And that's it. My interests right now are all hockey and book related. And I was trying to find, it feels weird to like, be like, read this book. Because like, if it's a book that I think you should read, I probably want to do it on the podcast. Correct. Uh, I would highly recommend that you guys get the Libby app. Oh, what's that? Uh, Libby is, um, so Overdrive is like a book, like library type thing. So if you get Libby, uh, your library, your library you go to, like if you have a library card, you should get a library card. For one, full stop. Uh, but you should see if your library is connected to the Libby app because they have like a big library of ebooks that you can download to read. Oh. And check them out. Shit. Um, All right. I believe Libby is set up more like uh, you take out books that you're li- like, you have to like request them and things like that. There's also a app yeah. called Hoopla, which is the same, Hoopla. which is also, it's also connected to your library account. But I think that one, like, it's, like Libby will be like, there's only like one digital copy. Like your library only has one digital copy, so you might have to be on a wait list mm-hmm. to take out that ebook. Oh, but Hoopla will okay. just be like, if it's in their library, then you can just take it out whenever. Oh, um, sick! Hell yeah! So yeah, I would try Libby and Hoopla. I'm gonna try and use Libby and Hoopla a little bit more. Uh, I know I rely a lot mm-hmm. on uh, Kindle Unlimited. Um, you know, Bezos has gotten me. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend both of those apps if you like want to if you like reading ebooks or like maybe for pandemic or non pandemic. It's just hard for you to get to li- like for me. It's just hard for me to get to the library. Like yeah. if it's not on my way home, it's an errand that it's not going to happen. That's fair. But like ebooks, so good, so great. Uh, they have a pretty good library, mm-hmm. and their library is probably bigger if uh, you read more than just romance novels. Yeah, I personally. I really like physical books, but as you all know, I am currently living back with my parents, so it's hard for me to have, like, a shit ton of physical books, so reading on, like, my phone or on the computer, on my iPad, and the Kindle app is, like, something that is super helpful to me. Yes. And I think Libby and Hoopla would be a, a good addition to these apps yeah. that I need. And I will try, I'll, I'll try and um, moving forward, I'll, I'll try and note if these books can be found on Libby and Hoopla um, for you to read. Because nice. I understand, like, I, I read so much and, like, if it weren't for Kindle Unlimited, I would not be able to afford the sheer number of books that I consume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else before I read us out? Do you have a unit of time? I can pull up a unit of time. Uh, I do not have a unit of time this week. Okay. You can find us on Instagram at what did we just read, Twitter at what did we read, or you can email us at what we read podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. Search for what did we just read. If you'd like to read along with us, see what books are coming up or grab a copy of a book we've already finished. You can check out our book club page on Amazon book clubs. Search for what did we just read. Uh, if you love us, please give us like a review, share with your friends, like, you know, retweet us on social media when we post episode things like it's been honestly like i know a thousand like i mean in context of people like a thousand listens over the life of our podcast might not seem like a lot but it means so much to us (laughs) yeah that's really fucking cool dude yeah like it we really appreciate each and every one of you guys that are listening and tuning in absolutely uh we do this mostly because we just love each other and want to be able to like have a reason to see each other's faces every week yeah but knowing that like other people enjoy us and like our energy um it gets us right in the in the fuel parts that's right right in the fuel parts <laughs> i normally don't do this but if you're uh listening on i think this episode's supposed to come out on the 26th um we are going to be taking a a week off it's been kind of a, a rough couple weeks for, for us like yeah you know like mentally we, mentally physically <laughs> Uh, physically and i have a trip emotionally i'm going on i'm, I'm actually going to go home to the pacific northwest for the first time in yeah. years and that i might might cry a little bit i'm also going to be really upset that <laughs> i'm going to be within two miles of brandon tanev and i won't be able to see him <laughs> <laughs> so it's just i understand it's just going to be a rough time for me yeah it's going to be it's going to be a rough time uh, but i do hope that you have a really good trip and i do look forward to the next time we get to record yeah so you guys will check out the Amazon book club page or, you know, just to see what books are coming up next. I hope you guys have a good period, which if you are a fan of hockey is 20 minutes. It's 20. I That's mean, right. it, it might, there might be some stops and starts in there. You might have some, some, uh, some stop, you know, intermissions. Inter- you might have some, you know, like, uh, you know, stop in the play, but I hope icing the puck. You might, you might, ice might the ice puck. puck have to stop the clock, <laughs> but I hope that you have a good 20 minutes that might not be a continuous 20 minutes it might be might end up actually being uh 45 minutes which i think is (laughs) what a period of play (laughs) seems to end up 
we will see you guys next week or week after next. Um, if you're listening in the future, probably we can just queue it up right now. But correct. We love you guys, and we hope you have a good twenty minutes, a good period. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, All right. we love you guys. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs>